Welcome to Uncommon Sense. Craig Kamanis and Dean Holmes host Uncommon Sense, where they discuss key business ideas on how to improve financial planning businesses. Thanks for listening and on to the next episode. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Uncommon Sense number 17. It's Craig Kamanis and Dean Holmes with you again for a, another crazy episode. And I've got to tell you, we have been like two kids in a candy store waiting for today because we have a very, very special guest. He's the man that's made Dean and I less shit on video, which might not be so good for us, but great for you, hopefully. Cam Fink, welcome to Uncommon Sense. Thank you very much, Craig. What a what a beautiful welcome. And yeah, I think it's it's great to set realistic goals early on. Just less shit. <laughs> Keep it simple, mate. Keep it very, very simple. Now, Dean, I know you have been champing at the bit for this episode, mate. So welcome. Great to have you with us. And I'll throw to you maybe to get the conversation started. God, thanks, 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 Craig. Yeah, look, we we were working with Cameron for for probably five or six weeks through a few sessions of look less shit on video. And one of the things that we always said is that we, uh, you got to enjoy the people that you work with. And Cam was one of those examples that, although he didn't invite me to go and have a beer, I would have said yes had he had he had he done it. So, <laughs> well, it was the tyranny been... of distance. I was in New Zealand when we first spoke, so the immediate yes, beer exactly, wasn't available. Exactly. Um, so Cam spends lots of his days and weeks in New Zealand, but he helped us through the video course, and we wanted to share some of the some of the insights and things that what Craig and I were in terms of like nervous getting started, but also, uh, you know, just actually how we managed to build this out over time and build out, build our confidence. So Cam, the first thing to talk about from our perspective is you early on, you spoke about this, this gift that we all have to sort of learn and tell a story to anyone that anyone or one person or many people that want to listen. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? I think the thing that holds a lot of people back is the belief that what they have to share isn't worthy or isn't good enough. And I think that stems from quite often what, who you see, who's got a lot of visibility or publicity are really accomplished. They tend to have the big audience and there's a belief that if you're not that good, then what you have isn't worth sharing. And I just think it's completely untrue. I think there's stories and gifts that everybody has that are different for different people at different times. And if you're not sharing that, if you're not giving an audience the chance to know about you, then they're missing out. Yep, abs absolutely. And so that's that from our, from our perspective for Craig and I, we were like, our stories is something that we wanted to tell, but we didn't get to, uh, didn't, didn't know how to practice and didn't know how to start. And so one of the things I think Craig, uh, Cam as well is this, idea that we can just use our conversational voice versus our professional voice. And sometimes uh, you've beat us out of, beat it out of us a couple of times, but this idea of <laughs> being really genuine and in how you talk, as opposed to being a news presenter. Well, I think it's less about the voice that you use and more about the kind of stuff that you share. So when you're starting out, there's often a belief that you have to be impressive or that you have to share amazing ideas or that you have to be brilliant or new or different or something special. And quite often, I think that isn't what people relate to. And what you're trying to do quite often is just connect with people. Mm. You want to 
find common ground. You want to show people that you understand their world. They want to feel seen and heard. You want to feel seen and heard. That's what most people want. And so when you're starting out, it's easy to accidentally try to be too good. And mm. that actually is alienating rather than connecting. And so one, one of the things that I find a heap of joy in helping people discover is that whatever's going on for them is probably great. And they don't need to reinvent anything or be fabulous to be worth connecting to. Yeah, Cam, one of the things I absolutely love that you taught us is these things don't have to be overproduced and, you know, waiting for the perfect moment or time. Like if something happens, you should just film it. And I remember saying to you, but what if I'm in public? Like as if I want to do that in front of hundreds of people, can you touch on your thoughts about people filming in public and what other people actually think and or don't think? Well, it's less about that. So when I said capture the moment when it's happening, there's a couple of reasons why I think that's really important. One is low friction. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to think about it. Like if you're comfortable enough that you can capture content wherever you are when it's happening, it just means you can do it at the time and it's not, it's not added to your to-do list. It's just done. And the second is that trying to manufacture energy is really hard. And trying to summon a mood at a time that you've planned is sometimes a lot harder than just doing it when you're in the moment. So if you're out and about and you've had an idea which is connected to the environment you're in and you film it then and there, the scene sets a whole bunch of the story. The context tells a whole bunch. The context will share a heap of information that you don't even have to do anymore. And your energy will be naturally aligned with what you want to do. And so it's, yeah. it's almost less about the technical side of things and more about getting the best out of you. So rather than having to plan it, and then when you're in your home office at the end of the day, like, oh, remember that thought I had? How do I summon the energy to deliver that idea well? That's hard. Like, unless you're really practiced, it's really hard to do that. Whereas if you're out and about, and you're having the thought, and you capture it yep. then and there, mm. it's comparatively easier. Cool. Yeah, and that's, how, that's how we built the muscle. Sorry, yeah. Craig. That's right. <laughs> that's how we built the muscle of... Uh getting started we had the little we had a whatsapp group between the three of us and we just started to uh, just filming just with our phones so there's no crazy technology that's involved but we just started practicing filming with our phones wherever we were and so whether it was a quantum craig gave some great reviews of Qantas baristas for example <laughs> up in up in the Qantas club because he spends a bit of time there and it was great to just practice it as it was in a safe environment, obviously, but just practice, practice, practice. Yeah. And I think the, the practice is something that people underestimate the need for. And mm. so uh, before we go on, by the way, if anyone's watching this live and you can pop a comment in the chat, just say hi. We'd love to know if, if there are people there who've got a question or if, the, if anything's resonating or if there's something you want to ask, please pop in the chat. I think there's like a 20 second delay on these sort of platforms. So might not be immediate, but we'd love to hear from you if you're tuning in. The, the analogy that I stumbled across for this practice thing came to me when I was chatting to a friend who had a kid sitting their license in Melbourne. In Melbourne, you have to do 120 hours of logged driving practice before you're even allowed to take the driving test. Like they won't even let you sit the test until you've driven for 120 hours. And yet people have this idea that because they're good at speaking or they're a trainer or they're used to being in front of a room, they'll be able to just pick up their phone camera, record themselves in one take and, and be done with it. And it's really, <laughs> really confronting when you try it and you suck. Like it's such an awkward feeling when you're like, why are the words not coming out of my mouth? Why do I not know where to look? Why do I feel so weird? I know this stuff and I know how to talk. Why can't I do it? And people get put off really quickly 
when it turns out to be hard. And so making the practice easy means you're more likely to do it. So by setting the environment that we had when we were practicing, which was do it whenever and wherever you are. You don't have to be in a studio. You don't need a fancy camera. No. Just pull your phone out when you've got five minutes, when you're in the Qantas club waiting for the barista. Do it then. That's really valuable practice. And mm. by making it light and making it easy and low pressure, you're just more likely to do it. Yeah, I think the really funny part about exercising that muscle, if the two of you remember, the first one I tried to do in the Qantas club, which I did do, but I was like, I'm in the Qantas club. Like, this is a big deal for me because like there's all these people around me and I've got a camera on me and I was all nervous. And, and then Cam, you said to me, no one gives a shit, mate. No one is going to go home and say, I saw this guy filming in the Qantas club today. And that piece of advice just tended to smack it out of me. Go, oh, who cares? They just put the camera up and just keep talking and, uh, and have a bit of fun. So, you know, just interested in, you know, the way the, the tips you give people to get over filming themselves in public because it's all about yourself, not about anyone else. Well, so I still get a little bit nervous when I do it. So I've done it a bunch now, but I still have yeah. that feeling of feeling like a bit of a toss up when I pull the camera out and I'm doing a selfie yeah. video and there's people walking past. Like that feeling has never completely gone away. But what I do know and have experienced that have, and heard from people who've both made videos and watched mine or whatever is that they have a naturally higher energy. There's a, there's a curiosity about what's going on in the scene. So I posted one the other day from Sydney airport of, I can't remember which airport I was in. I was in an airport and I was walking through the crowd and you can see in the background, people kind of looking up as I go past or whatever. <laughs> and a couple of people noticed that in the comments of the video, like it was visually interesting. And so it sort of segues into the next thing, which I want to say, which is that what you're saying doesn't matter as much as you think it does. Mm. The content that you're delivering is only part of the story. If you're trying to share and connect and include people, what you're saying only counts for a small amount. What people want to do is find out who you are. People want to feel what kind of person you are. Are we an energetic match? Do I like your style? Do you sound credible? Do you have conviction? Is your body language positive? All these subtle non-verbal cues actually convey most of the information. Mm. I think that's true for when we first met Cam, <clears throat> pardon me, because one of the first videos that, that my wife tagged me on of one of your videos was actually a video where you were not talking at all and there was no subtitles. The and the point of the video was to be able to communicate energy and excitement without actually using any words. And so it was you on top of a mountain in New Zealand. They're all beautiful saying, being there and saying stuff and your hands were moving, but there was no sound whatsoever, but it was still interesting and engaging enough for me to say, I would like to meet this person for a bit. Yeah. Well, we, we call that the mute test, past the mute test. And so if I, if I was to demonstrate it now, which probably won't well work well in the, uh, the podcast only <laughs> non-vision version, so I won't mute myself. But the idea being that if, if I'm watching your video and I can't hear anything, is it still interesting? And sometimes people lend too much on their content. They think if I'm saying something that's really interesting, then my body language or my delivery doesn't matter as much. Someone who's still moving their face very much, not doing particularly interesting. Mm, absolutely. Like, and that it doesn't goes really to... matter with the word that. 
yeah, it the, the, if, to... if, if the energy that, that you're conveying in the video is appealing, if it's visually appealing and got a bit of chemistry or a bit of enthusiasm to it, people might stop on a news feed and go, oh, what was that? What was that scene? Like, here's a bloke on a mountain who I can't even hear speak, but he's on a mountain and, and showing a bit of enthusiasm. So maybe I'll stop. Maybe I'll stop by. Mm. John Pearl, so, yeah, the, good Adelaide boy. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the comment here from John is the feeling not the perfect setting or backdrop. Is Okay, that, that you can control. You can control your backdrop. Don't know about making you look like Brad Pitt, John. But the thing that I think is really important is that if you're trying to look professional and credible in a home office, that's hard. Like people can feel that you've just done that yourself and you've got home lighting on. Like it's not, it's not easy to look super professional in a home office, but the expectation is that you should, or there's a... What are you saying, mate? <laughs> <laughs> well, what, I, what I'm saying, Craig, is that we can, we can tell you, like this is, that's a home office, right? And it does the job yep. and that's fine. What's the, there are much lower expectations on what your backdrop has to be if you're just out and about. Yeah, and if you're if you're taking a video where people can feel that you're on the move and you're doing it with your phone, the production quality expectation is way lower. And in fact, I reckon almost reckon it's an advantage to do it that way. Like I'm more likely to scroll past a home office video with someone standing in front of a flip chart. Like I've got to be really captured by something really fast to want to watch that video. Whereas if I can yeah. see someone with a smile on their face and they're outside or they're gesturing at what's going on around them or there's people in the vision or some sort of visual interest, I'll be like, oh, what's going on there? That's more likely to be the kind of content that I want to see, which is someone describing what's happening, someone having an emotion rather than someone lecturing me with their Venn diagram that I don't give a shit about. <laughs> Speaking of backgrounds, Kev, what's your view on, because I know I hate them, like Zoom and Teams backgrounds that people disappear into and fade into and... Yeah, look, personally, I'm not a fan of the, the blurred background or the, the wallpaper, but not for me. No, good. No, I think that's just a distraction. And I think what happens mm. is, so as John said in his comment, it's a distraction for you. It's not just a distraction yeah. for the audience. It just it puts your energy in the wrong place. So the thing that people give far too little attention to is their own state. So there's a wonderful public speaker who I've been lucky enough to work with over a number of years, and he's been a great mentor, Matt Church. And one of his lines is, your state matters more than your script. And what that means is how you show up energetically has way more bearing on how people receive you than the words you say. And mm. if you're worried about your background or you're nervous or you you're not really comfortable where you're filming or that the tech's not working or whatever, that, that just shows up. That shows up in how you deliver your yeah. content. And one thing I love about keeping it simple by just using a phone and being comfortable recording wherever you are is there's very few things to get distracted or lost in. And mm. sure, it takes practice. Like it's not easy to record yourself on your phone. And we've, we can chat about that in a little while. And, and there's a bunch of stuff that doesn't necessarily come quickly. But if your process is simple and you practice it a lot, what it means is just there's so little friction and you can just get on with sharing the, the message. You can convey the enthusiasm. You can keep your attention on the audience rather than being stressed and worried internally. So Cam, let's talk about the, the friction or removing the friction. I think that this analysis paralysis of going, okay, I'm going to film a video 
and then I'm going to put it into post-production. Then I'm going to get someone to edit the video and change the lighting and the filters and cut it all down and remove the ums that notoriously happen. What's the opposite of that? Like how, how can we remove all the friction? Because friction is procrastination and we don't get content out there. Yeah. So there's a bloke called Shane Hatton, who I work with, who did a really early version of this course. And he posted something quite recently, which I love, which is that he recognized that he wasn't lacking motivation. There was just too much friction. So he had the ideas. He was keen to do it. He might even get started. He might even record the take or the whatever it was, but the process was so difficult that he just got bogged down in it and it just stopped happening. Now, in comparison, if you have a really simple process, so for example, even though I've got all this fancy camera gear and I am a professional video editor, like that's what I do half the time, I make all my LinkedIn videos on my phone and quite often I'm not even wearing a lav mic and there's no takes, there's no, sorry, there's no cuts, there's no edits, there's no graphics, there's no anything. It's just start and stop on this video. I will put captions on it because I think that matters on a news feed, but that's the only thing. And by making the process that simple, you can have the idea, you can record the video, you can have it posted in literally under 10 minutes. Yep. And that reduced friction means you're just going to do it more easily. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that from my, my journey is that now I'm uh, recording them on my phone, as you've advised, send it to my assistant, Rachel, who gets the words. She sends it all back to me and we're up online really, really quickly. And the captioning cam, I read today that 85% of videos on LinkedIn are really viewed on silent. And so the captions are really important. Yeah. So that, that is the one thing that I think you do have to do. So the, mm. the captions are important for that exact reason. My preference is to have them as the, the soft captions that you can turn on and off where you upload the file separately. A lot of people burn them in. I think that happens on Instagram a whole bunch. I'm not on Instagram a lot, but that, that is the only production that I think is important. The rest of it, just keep it simple. And the thing that I reckon matters even more is that if you do put a title graphic in or have a slick camera, I'm less likely to watch it. It's not just that it's yeah. going to take you a bunch more time to make it. I'm less likely to watch it. I would much rather know that you recorded on your phone because it's more likely to be something I care about. So that, that therefore it's, it's your face instantly because the scrolling factor of LinkedIn or any other social media is that you've got to stop scrolling. And so if it's, if it's a logo or it's something like who cares if it's you smiling at the camera, we hope that that's going to be more, more engaging to get someone to stop. Yeah, exactly. The thing that people are attracted to is emotion. People love seeing emotion or action or some sort of movement that is intriguing, right? And so you've got three seconds to get someone's attention. And if you've got a poorly animated title slide, <laughs> <laughs> no no one cares no one cares and then and so the other thing too and we've discussed this and i'd love to hear what your process has evolved to since we've since we stopped working on it together what you talk about what you share with your audience is sometimes hard to decide what to do so if you if you want to record a video and, and share an idea it's really hard to know how to do that. Mm. And it's, it's easy to think to yourself, oh, I need to share my technical expertise or I need to show someone why I'm an expert. When in fact, what people want is often not that. What they mm. want is to see you having the thought you're having right now. 
if, if anyone, if someone senses that you're reading an internal script or that you're explaining something that you've explained before that could be done at any time to anyone, that's nowhere near as engaging as you showing how you feel or what's going on for you right now. So if you're at a mm. conference, so you, you've shared a few videos from the conference you just ran, which looked like it was amazing. Content like that has a real presence to it. Like it's immediate, it's happening now. And the, the expression on your face isn't one that you've confected. It's how you feel right now. And mm. people yeah. can sniff that. People want, to fee, people want to feel and see how you feel in the present moment. Yeah, absolutely. I was, my, my recent videos, I now do obviously outside as well, but one, a few weeks ago, I was literally waiting for an Uber. I knew it would be 10 minutes. And so it was a good time to uh, tell a story because I was out in the sunshine. I could walk around and do it. And it was very easy. And yes, no one comments that there's a trailer and the street needed sweeping in the background. It's just, I'm telling a story and I hope that that story was engaging. Yeah, and the story yeah. that you tell in that context, people aren't expecting the background to be good there. Like that's just taking mm. the pressure right off yourself. So yeah. instead of it being something that you have to worry about, an audience knows that it isn't your problem, so you don't have to care and neither do they. Like it's, it's a really mm. easy way to take off the pressure that uh, John was just talking about. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter when you yeah. do it outside. And I think the one thing you really taught me, Cam, was it's okay to be vulnerable on video and put it out there as well. Like, you know, the one I did, out the front of a hospital in a mask, unshowered, had been in there all day. But the thought that came to me was about the amazing people around me who can just back you up if something goes wrong. And I went, I've just got to capture it right now and put it out there. And I no longer care that my hair's not done. I'm unshaven. I'm in a mask and a hoodie and I'm out the front of the hospital. Whereas, you know, back to your, your point, uh, as in John Pearl, like, you know, I need to look like Brad Pitt. What does my background look like? And all that kind of thing. My learning from Cam was, people don't actually care. It's about you capturing a moment and what you want to say and how you want to do it. And you know what? People don't have to watch it anyway. So they can just move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a real freedom that comes and you, you can't learn this academically. You have to feel it, which is that when you post something that no one watches, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the beauty of that is that no one knows. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like it, it doesn't exist for most people. So like you're feeling weird that you put something out there that didn't get any likes or not much traction or whatever, and you're feeling super shit about it, but no one knows. So it doesn't matter. And so like that emotion still counts. Like you have to feel good about it. And, and that stage fright or performance anxiety, whatever you want to call it, like the willingness to put yourself out there is that's not an easy hurdle to climb. So I never want to diminish the resolve or the decision that it takes to do mm. this stuff. Like it's not easy to decide to put yourself on a news feed in a way that exposes you to criticism, even if it's imagined, like that's mm. not a small deal. Yeah. Deciding to do that is a big step for a lot of people. And so I, I think it's always important not to diminish that because if you're listening right now and thinking, oh yeah, I'd love to put a video out there, but I, I don't feel safe. I don't feel confident doing that. It's no good saying, just get over it. Like no. that's a, that's a, that's a process you have to go through. You have to be coached through it. You have to feel your way into being confident enough to do it. You don't just snap your fingers on that one. What it does, that's a segue that I'd love to touch on because you two have been for me an example that I share with other people because of the way you've decided and committed to the process. So I'd love for you to recap 
what went on between you two when you decided to both start the podcast and start posting videos. Go, Dane. Well, I'll do the I'll do the uncommon sense part of it as well. Yep. As well. So we so the one thing that I knew is that you have to do things consistently for a long period of time. So intellectually, I knew that for anything to be somewhat of a success, the old overnight success over 10 years, I knew that if we were going to go and do Uncommon Sense, that we had to commit to do it for the entire year. And that for, for me, that commitment, combined with having another person call them your accountability buddy, that meant that we knew when we started that we were absolutely going to do this for 52 episodes. And so, oh, no, sorry, 26, check my maths. But we were going <laughs> to do it for the entire year. And so that level of commitment meant that we had to do it and that we had to learn along the way in terms of what worked and didn't work. And our level of confidence uh, at the beginning was fear. We had copious pages of notes. We had all these ideas. We had this process. We're like, you talk, then I talk, then you talk and all these things. And through your course, but also just practice, that's changed now that we, we do preparation for anyone listening and watching. But the way in which we do it is completely different, that we're not scripting parts of our conversation it's, 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 it's so the scripting part like that just sort of comes like you just get better with time on your feet and you can't practice it behind closed doors you've got to do it facing the world but the part about it that i love in that process is that you only had to decide to do it once so pete mm. cook a brilliant guy who i've learned a whole lot from his superpower is he only makes a decision once and in your case the example is we do a podcast we do a mm. fortnightly podcast that's what we do and so after three episodes where you're like, oh, is it going okay? Or should we do the next one? You don't decide, you just are. Mm. And so when you start a process that is difficult or that might take a while to get some momentum or that has a long tail before you see a reward, if you have to decide every time that that's what you're doing, it's hard, that's hard going. And so that to me is a really amazing thing that you guys did. And I, one of my favorite videos that Craig posted was in a cafe saying it's the end of the week and I haven't posted my video this week, but I made a commitment that I would. And here I am. And here's why making commitments are important is important. And so that's, that's a phenomenal video because it's so to recap, it's not very well shot. There's a whole heap no. of background noise. You shot it at the end of the week, but you were honest about how you were feeling. It was going on for you right then. Like you were talking about how you felt in the moment. So it was compelling for that reason. You tied it to a message that you were living. You were living your own value system by sharing the message. And the message was valuable to other people. And it was delivered in a way that wasn't daunting. It didn't come with a studio and fancy lights. It was like you were an every person in that video. So that's a yep. really easy thing to connect to. And it was just in alignment. Everything about that was in alignment. You weren't the hero in your own story. You were sharing a message that was valuable for other people. You did it quickly and easily, but at the end of a week when you knew you had to. Like, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. So Craig, talk to us about the journey once we set, once we found Cam and realized yeah. he was in New Zealand and then we realized that we still wanted to work with him. Yeah. And it was just a, a matter. I think the, the initial appeal came from, cause we were doing this and we thought, well, how can we do it better? And I had no idea what it would actually 
evolve into. And that is, you know, how to use your phone to capture a really great quick video, how to get the hell over yourself. And this stuff continues to, I guess, push us out of our comfort zone. Part of the reason we did this was because lots of people say, oh, oh, don't be silly. You and Dean aren't uncomfortable doing that. Like, you know, you, you get on and you chat and, but th th this is actually still pushing us out of our comfort zone. I think we're much more comfortable with uncommon sense now, but the, the stuff that Cam's been holding us accountable to, and that is lobbing a video out on, on LinkedIn once a week that we think is interesting or captures something that we're thinking or feeling or whatever, I, that still makes me feel incredibly uncomfortable and it's out of my comfort zone. And that's actually why I'm doing it though, because I actually love being out of my comfort zone. I kind of captured it and went, people who tend to do the roles I do don't really show that vulnerability and just go and capture themselves anywhere, anyhow. And, and so I'm trying to differentiate a little bit, I guess, because it's just me. I'm just showing me. So, the, um, so the, if I'm watching this now, my question is probably, well, great. You did that, Craig. So what, yeah. what happened as a result? Like, have you, what, what have you seen the benefits of doing this? Yep. So the interesting part to that cam is that what I have noticed is, so in the past, I've done a lot of trying to do a lot of brand building for the business and stuff and just done static posts with words and, you know, a few people like them and they tend to be the same type of people, but, but it doesn't carry much. And what I've found now by just throwing out video, quick video content at the point in time is one, how much more interaction that video gets, but two, for how long it actually carries. Like a month later or a month and a half later, that same video could get another interaction because someone's found it or, or connected to it or whatever. So I think what it's done is from a branding perspective, it's, it's carried the, the net much wider. Like it's really cast the net much wider and it, it goes for much longer and, and it's actually enticed people to connect with me. So I've got new connections, I think from it. And, and ultimately let, let's, you know, not, not hide the fact the elephant in the room, it's actually leading to new business opportunities yeah. as well, which is part of the reason we're actually doing it. Yeah. And I think that the thing that's beautiful to realize when you get on this journey is that you're not trying to convert people straight away. The, the magic of putting out content consistently is that people get to know you at their speed. And if you do it consistently, yep. if you put something out once a week, someone can ease into knowing you and you you just end up front of mind for them. And when they need you at some point or someone needs a referral or whatever, you're easy to refer them. And, and positioning yourself in a way that makes you accessible and people think of you as a friendly, approachable person. And like, if someone isn't going to get along with you, you want them to find that out really early on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's just a natural filter. So like, I remember Dean, Dean called me or we spoke on the phone before we'd ever met and we chatted really easy for 15 minutes. Like it was just a really natural flowing conversation. We knew straight away then. Hey, we're probably going to work well together. Let's do it. And we did. By putting videos out like this, you let people decide that before they have to bother you. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to waste time finding out you're not going to like someone because they've probably already gotten to know you a little bit and there's going to be a, a, an automatic filtering that goes on. I, I've had a great example of that, Cam. Like my, my experience and what I've, I've said for a long time is people have to know you like you then trust you and what's been amazing in terms of conversations that i've had with other advisors and prospective clients and things like that post 
doing this, doing these videos in the first instance is people are gravitated. They go, I love what you're doing. I love that idea that you said, you know, I, and there's this desire that they're leaning in already to, to want to work with you or want to talk with you without you actually having to do anything else except talk to everyone and the people that want to listen, listen. So everyone watches, everyone knows about, not everyone, but people watch Uncommon Sense, but only the people over time that gravitate to liking what we're talking about come back week after week to hear the next thing. And it's the same with clients that they've heard the story and different stories and eventually they'll, they come and make a book a meeting or come and see you. Yeah, and if they've already gotten to know you a bunch, then a whole heap of that preliminary work is done. Like, as you said yeah. before, they, they know you, like you, trust you. And if you can get a whole bunch of that process done easily in a way that's shareable and has a long tail and can be used, leveraged is an awfully businessy word, but it just gives you a volume of work. It gives you a presence that is quite, it's quite deep. You can really get to, mm. you can learn a lot about a person by watching them in a few videos and mm. that's really valuable. And on a, yep. if you're in the kind of work that relies on face-to-face -face interaction and trust, it's just helping you. And so that, the other thing I wanted to say too, is when you first start posting videos consistently, and I'm sure you would have experienced this, you find out just how many lurkers there are. There are heaps <laughs> of people who will watch your stuff. They will watch heaps of your content and never comment, never hit a like, never do anything. And then you see them in person. They're like, Oh, I like what you've been doing on LinkedIn. I've been enjoying your videos or I liked your ideas. Well, thanks asshole. Why didn't you tell the fucking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Every time I open LinkedIn, all I do is see your head. He's telling us another story. <laughs> exactly. The other, so thing, um, the other thing that I really got though, Cam, is what you did with that that course for us though, is you almost created this, the three of us into a little team where we were completely accountable to each other and didn't want to let each other down. And, and what that drove was that it meant Dean and I had to keep practicing and you know, some of the videos that sit inside our private WhatsApp chat group are absolutely hilarious. And one day we might release them. Uh, but, you know, it was this constant, I can't let them down today. I've got to do a video. I've got to pop something up. I've, I've got to keep going. And I think we talk about accountability buddies, but I think your culture of your program created that. And then obviously Dean and I definitely didn't want to let each other down privately. Or then I still remember the day where you said, you've got to go to LinkedIn now. And I think I just went and did it before I had a meeting with Dean so I could sit down and go, I've done it. I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You bastard. You got in, you got in first. Exactly. <laughs> there's, um, um, there's, there's a really interesting aspect to, to doing group courses. So one, one of the things I love doing is doing this in a group course environment. So the three of us did it in a sort of a private channel, if you like, yeah. I do a public course where anyone can join like limited numbers so that you retain the intimacy and accountability, but anyone can join. And the people who succeed are the people who become integrated with the group. And it's a bit like going to the gym or doing anything as a group. Like you've got everything you need. You could do it on your own, but guess what? You don't. And so you've got to, you don't trick yourself. You just got to set yourself up for success and by creating a process that's uh, fun. Like the process has to be fun. And by making it sort of not too, like not a lot of friction, but also like a little bit gamified, like <laughs> you can't let your friend down. Also, when you post it and people are cheering you on, like early days, any support is good support. 
And so if yeah. you've got people who are telling you you're doing a great job and interacting with your videos and hitting like and doing all, lots, all that sort of stuff, that feels yeah. great. That's what you need. Trying to do that on your own, hard going. Like finding an accountability group or doing it in that sort of group environment is critical. Like that is as important as the skills that you learn. So tell us about the course, Cam. Well, the, the, the course for our the thousand course listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were chatting just before we came live, and it was like your, your audience is a specific sort of niche audience. So I was even thinking we should put together an offering for for people in the financial services world because one of the joys I've had in the most recent group course that I've done is that there's a bunch of people who are actually salaried employees who have no interest in selling or promoting themselves in a LinkedIn, here's my business kind of way at all. And that's been a real change and a delight. I've really enjoyed getting to know people who have come at it from a different angle. They're not trying to build a professional profile. They're wanting to get an idea across a whole team of people, or they're wanting to get enthusiasm for an initiative at work. It's very different to a sales or market generating kind of context. And what I really enjoyed is how well people in from, from that motivation do at how well they start creating videos. I always thought that people who weren't interested in being on camera and being promoters would find it hard. They're actually better. They're better at it because they don't have that icky feeling of trying to be salesy about it. And so there's, I think there's a joy Ooh. in getting people together to just learn and find out about each other. And so if there's a, an opportunity to bring maybe some of your listeners or, or have a group of people who are like, yeah, I wouldn't mind having a crack at this. And I think it could be useful building a little accountability group like we had. I think it'd be perfect. All right. So we'll do the uh, look less shit on video, uncommon sense edition. And how many, <laughs> like how it. many people do you usually have? Oh, I think four is a good starting number. And then if we get more great, like, you can, you can do it really well with a group of up to about 10, but uh, I, I really enjoy doing it in a group environment. And I think if you're listening and you're thinking, hey, this might be something I can get into, then uh, keep an eye out. We'll put something out there for you. Yeah. So Cam's on LinkedIn, if you didn't know. <laughs> That's his, uh, He's that guy that keeps posting videos, I think. Yeah. So everyone will connect with you and watch your videos. But just really quickly, I know we're going, going through a lot of things and running out of time, but Cam... Talk to us about the technology. Like, is you, did you invest sort of fifty thousand dollars on making that video, or what do you use? What are the three or four things you use to make magic? Nearly every video on LinkedIn has been recorded on this phone. It's just an iPhone 12 Pro. It's got the three cameras. That's it. Oh, I've got a selfie stick. Now, it's not 2014 anymore, but I do I do enjoy my selfie stick. <laughs> Find this <laughs> a, a help, helpful bit of kit. And then I sometimes use a lav mic like I'm wearing now. So if you're outside or if there's background noise, honestly, that's it. So the phone you've got in your pocket is probably good enough. You might have to spend another $150 for a little bit more tech. That's it. So that's not the friction point. The friction point isn't waiting to get your no, tech and, and organized. It's really, important to, it's really important to recognize that an audience does not give a shit. They don't so Audio is important, but not the... Uh, quality of audio, but you can get that for, as Craig and I know, you can get that for 30 bucks to plug into your Correct. iPhone. So it's really simple. But, but, you know, I think too, there's, you know, Cam's I use my iPhone. Absolutely, we use our iPhone, but there's a way to use your iPhone. And I'm not going to tell you unless you pay and go to his course, because, uh, you know, there, there's, there's definitely ways that you can use your iPhone that I never imagined 
that are actually end up making it a better video on your iPhone. But I'm not giving away those secrets, Cam, because they're yours. Intellectual property. Well, mate, honestly, I wouldn't publicly. care if you did give away the secrets because that's not the hard bit. Like the hard bit is no, doing it. True, the hard it bit is. is committing to it. The hard bit is staying accountable. The hard bit is pushing through when it feels awkward. Like it's not technical knowledge that you need. That yeah. side of things doesn't matter. It's momentum and commitment. True, very true. But anyway, they can still pay to find out. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think you, you, you two have role modeled that really well. And I said before that I've used you as an example a couple of times because that process of making a decision once and sticking to it, like anyone who does this well, that's what they do. Mm. You, you, you've got to find a way to be consistent even when you don't always feel like it. You've got to yep. find a way that you're comfortable coming up with an idea, recording it, sharing it, even when you don't want to, because that consistent visibility is how you get good and how you get known. Awesome. That's a great conclusion, I think. Yeah, um, it is. Unless you want to have another conclusion, but this has been phenomenal. Now, mate, if you're happy with that, we're out. Thanks to anybody uh, who was listening. It has been a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. So Cam was, has posted about four videos about this event. So thank you to Cameron for doing a ridiculous amount of marketing. I, I <laughs> must say that our the people that are watching live, we've increased from three to eight today. So it's phenomenal. There's still eight all the, that have stayed to the end. So thank you oh. everyone for... And I do, want to, I do want to say this too. It's really easy to get discouraged by low viewer numbers. It's really easy to get discouraged when you only get four likes on a video or a post and honestly just push through that. Like yeah. if you said, Hey, we're having an open lunch. Who wants to come and listen? And eight people showed up live. That would be amazing. Imagine having eight people sitting around a table, listening to you sharing great ideas or having a conversation. Yeah. And then as Craig said before, they have a long tail. Like people watch it again later. They watch it again later. And if you leave it up there, like the value is way beyond the, the eight people who are listening live. Oh, ab Way absolutely. Ahead. Completely agree. But thank you to the eight. <laughs> yeah. But From yes. two to eight, this is getting exciting. Uh, there's no <laughs> special offer at the end. Uh, thanks for waiting to the end, but there's no special offer. But we'll get together with Cam. We're going to do an Uncommon Sense Financial Advisor Look Less Shit on Video edition. We've just made that up live whilst talking today, but it will be super fun. So watch out on all of our LinkedIn's about that. But other than that, thanks so much for being our guest, Cameron, and have a great afternoon. Thanks, lads. Cheers. Cheers. Bye, everyone.